I think what most people struggle with throughout the entire course of their lifetime is figuring out, you know, the big questions like, why am I here? What am mm-hmm. I supposed to be doing? What's my identity? Where do I belong? And we as humans tend to have a very fixed nature of thinking where we think our identity is this one thing and then it's this one thing and then that's it. But in the larger scale of astrology, our identity is going to be multiple identities over the course of a lifetime. You know, you don't just are born and then become a mother or are born and then become a career woman. This is not your mother's middle age. No longer is waking up each day, living the wash, rinse, and repeat cycle acceptable. We have the life lessons, the relationships, the wins, and the losses with which to navigate to our highest self without hesitation and without fear leading the way. We have been there and done that, and so we have so much to offer the world and each other. So join me on this journey speaking to ordinary women doing extraordinary things for new insights, new ideas, new medical breakthroughs, and new life lessons. You will be inspired to find your best life here and now. My name is Wendy Charles McGuire, and this is your Second Wind Podcast. Here we are at Second Wind Podcast again, and in an effort to bring you, my wonderful listeners, information about other practices, other cool things out there that I keep stumbling upon in my Second Wind through this podcast, I found a really gifted and unique gal, and her name is Murphy McCandless, and she has quite a cool story and has a really neat gift, and I have actually partaked in this gift, and I will continue. Continue to do so. <laughs> I'm saying it right. But welcome. Well, first, let me tell you what she is. She is an intuitive astrologer and tarot reader. Yes, so, ma'am. With that said, welcome, Murphy. Thank you. Thank you. So glad to be here on a, a radiantly cloudy Thursday afternoon. <laughs> yeah, why not? Right. <laughs> So let's get started with what does that mean? What I just said, an intuitive astrologer and tarot reader. What does that mean to the average person? What is it that you do? Yeah, it sounds like a bunch of jargon, doesn't it? Off top. (laughs) So basically what I do is I have learned from a particularly young age on how to read archetypes in the world around me. And a lot of people do this uh, in other disciplines like anthropology, psychology, even biologists. They just do it with animals instead of people. I learned to read the archetypes and the energy around me through astrology. That was what I was introduced to at a young age. And that's just what I took to. And it has formulated my worldview. So what I do is I basically look at the patterns around me that I see in people. And I just basically take notes, accumulate those notes over years and years and years. And I share that information with others through the practice of reading astrological charts or reading tarot cards. So what does that look like for the average person that is still saying what? (laughs) So for the average person, I think pretty much everybody knows what their sign is. Like I'm a Capricorn or technically you're a Capricorn or I'm a Scorpio. (laughs) And so we all know what our sun signs are. So in a broader way, you actually 
actually have a sign for every single planet that exists out there and even the moon, planets plus the moon. So, so what we're not I, just one sign. We're not just yes. a Capricorn. Yeah, you're actually a whole lot of energies all rolled into one. It makes you very complex. It makes you very individualized. And what I can do is I can pull up a picture of where all of your planets are. There's a little bit of basic math involved in it. And then I just basically look at that chart and I can tell somebody about what their basic personality is and how it develops over time. And if they're going through something that they don't understand at the moment, I figure out a way to articulate to them what they already know themselves, but might have trouble putting words to. So that sounds pretty valuable. Yeah, I would hope so. Yeah, that's really interesting. So let's start back. How does, you know, somebody fall into this profession? How does that happen? It was quite a falling. Uh, Well, it started... Uh, It started when I was young. I come from a family where education is highly valued. My mom is a librarian. And so our gift, our fun little thing that we would do as a treat is we would go to used book sales and then she would tell me to just pick out whatever books that I wanted. And I stumbled across this old copy of Linda Goodman's Love Signs. It's like a huge, massive tome of a book. And it's the original like 1974 copy. So very old, like very well used. And I was just completely like enthralled by this idea that you could break people down into 12 different categories and that they still had so much detail and that you could see how they all relate to each other. And I was maybe about 11 or 12 at the time that I found that. Hmm. And then I think after that, it was just, it just felt like it fit. And so, you know, my mom being the librarian was always happy to buy me books for whatever I was interested in. So we ended up getting a lot of astrology books after that. (laughs) Wow. You were telling me that you just sat there and it just resonated with you so much at these early ages of 11 and 12 and 13. And it became your source for everything. Yeah. It's very much like a, I like to say it's a part of my neurochemistry at this point. Like every time that I look around the world, I can see how a phase or a person or even something as small as like what something says offhand. I was like, oh gosh, that is so Virgo. (laughs) So it's very much a lens through which I see the world at this point. So would you say that you were kind of as a young kid, young lady, just kind of seeing people and, and sort of taking them in sort of differently than everybody else? Oh yeah, for sure. I definitely was a very, well, I'm a curious person and I was a highly curious child for sure. But I think I always have had this drive to try to understand why people do what they do and what motivates them. And astrology is perfect for that because when it's applied in its highest practice, it teaches us how to understand ourselves deeper and then how to see other perspectives that we otherwise wouldn't possibly know how to comprehend. And I'm going to throw you off because we didn't talk about this yet, but how is all this in relationship to us being here? us as an individual being here on this planet right now, how does this all tie in? Yeah. So that's a great question, (laughs) right? Yeah. (laughs) I would say that I think what most people struggle with throughout the entire course of their lifetime is figuring out, you know, the big questions like, why am I here? What am Mm -hmm. I supposed to be doing? What's my identity? Where do I belong? And we as humans tend to have a very fixed nature of thinking where we think our identity is this one thing, and then it's this one thing, and then that's it. But in the larger scale of astrology, our identity is going to be multiple identities over the course of a lifetime. You know, you don't just are born and then become
become a mother or are born and then become a career woman. Like you are born and then you're a child that has interests and in particular things. And then those interests are tied to your family dynamics and what type of child you are and what type of student you are and then what opportunities you have later. And then that evolves into a young adult that has these interests that gets married or maybe goes to work or then gets married and then divorced and then goes to work. <laughs> Who knows what the order is? And so when you have astrology, instead of hyper-focusing on whatever the one identity we want or feel like we are, or feel like we're losing at the most at a time, we can actually pull the lens back on that picture. And you can look at the whole picture of what's going on and not get lost in the minutia of your own life. And by doing that, you can actually find a way to get back to the root of who you are at any given moment and be able to refocus who you are and why you're here. Exactly. Which is kind of what we're trying to do in the second win. Because <laughs> um, if you're 40 plus or 55 plus and on, we didn't, I mean, this was never brought to my attention. Like you just didn't, it was like witchcraft or not, which brings yeah. <laughs> me into my next thought with you is that you were saying you were so immersed in this astrology stuff that it kind of made your high school, you know, junior high years, well, mostly junior high years, a little tough. Oh yeah. I was totally awkward and weird. I was definitely a weird kid. I like weird and gawky. And <laughs> what I was super into was very not accepted for the time and the culture right. that I was in. So yeah, I recall this one time, this one girl like told me I was like straight up going to go to hell. I don't even remember what I said. It was just like an offhand remark about astrology and I was making a joke and she got like really serious and she's like, well, you're going to burn in hell then. You know that, right? And I was like, uh... <laughs> Maybe, maybe not. <laughs> yeah. So it, it is fairly a recent thing. Would you say that this is becoming more accepted? Yeah, I would say on that? definitely in the last five years, a lot of that is just it's cultural change. So if you look throughout history, you'll notice that history repeats itself in cycles a lot. Mm -hmm. And they're definitely it's so funny because when we did an episode on this for Conscious and Chill, we talked about this a lot about how the interest in astrology and spiritualism is actually quite prevalent throughout history and it almost sort of expands upon itself like every single time that it comes back around so right let me just interject what yeah yeah, yeah. what I forgot to mention in the beginning yeah. was that Murphy has her own podcast oh yeah <laughs> her friend called Conscious and Shell and that is a dive on deep explanation and lots of facets and what do you have like five episodes six episodes now we do we have five going on six soon yeah okay and it's that will just blow your mind it's really interesting you should check it out that was my side note oh <laughs> thank you thank plug. you so you're the awkward kid you're going to hell but you you weren't dissuaded. You kept, were you dissuaded? What were you? Uh, I was probably dissuaded publicly, but I think private, you know, it didn't stop me from reading it. It just stopped me from talking about it with others. It was you like, had to create a different persona out in public. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Exactly. exactly. A social a condition. A lot of kids do. They have the home person where they just let it all out. And then the school person. Yeah. Whatever that persona ego thing is that they feel they need. And then you go to high school. What happens there? High school? High school is pretty much the same. Not quite as intense. I was still a little bit weird. I was like, 
like a little goth kid in high school. So, mm-hmm. but yeah, I mean, I still was just doing my thing, studying, trying to keep to myself, reading up on it, being a little bit counterculture with the whole goth culture thing. Yeah. <laughs> okay. But you stayed true to this. Exactly. Yeah. So how does, how does you take, now you've kind of, you're trying not to be as gawky. You want to be, you said you wanted to fit in. You wanted to be with the other cool kids, so to speak. Yeah. So how did this start manifesting in your life again, where you are out there talking about it? You have clients, regular clients. You have done readings. You did a reading for me. It was fabulous. You're doing one for my husband, which we haven't told him about yet. And (laughs) I'm going to have you do one for all my kids because it's just spot on on stuff. Thank you. Spot on. It's so, so cool. But how did this manifest again for you? Yeah, I had gotten away from it for a couple of years. And then of course, like all things in life, I had a huge identity shift right at the end of a very long, very serious relationship. Um, So did you give it up for the guy? I don't think I gave it up as in he asked me to in any way, but it would definitely was that I was very young when we got into the relationship and I just wanted to have love. And so I willingly gave up that part of myself he didn't even really know about it. I didn't even talk to him about it. It was a part of myself that I put away and a way to exchange for somebody's affection and someone's attention. So it was definitely my choice, but yeah, I definitely did (laughs) give it up, so to speak. And so when that relationship ended and my entire world and identity and everything that I thought my future was going to be was just gone in an instant, it definitely was a time in which I started revisiting things that used to be very key to me that I was starting to pick up again. Well, you told me this was like a five-year relationship. You thought this was the guy. Yeah. Yeah. We were engaged. So Oh, you were engaged. That's right. You were engaged. (laughs) So you pretty much had decided and started playing the screenplay in your head, the movie that said Murphy was going to be the wife of this guy doing these things. Yeah. And then it exploded. Yeah. Imploded, exploded. Yeah, pretty much. A little bit of both. (laughs) Okay. And you said you kind of spiraled around. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Like on purpose, too. I definitely... Anything that I do, I do with full knowledge, unfortunately, even things that I shouldn't. I just kind of went on a a journey of purposeful self-destruction where I just really wanted to be involved in things that I knew probably weren't going to turn out well for me and just really be very careless with myself and with my health and with my money and with my time. And it definitely was productive by the end of it, because at the root of that, it's always an issue of self-worth at the root Mm -hmm. of that. And that helped heal a lot of really, really old wounds that I had been ignoring for a very, very long time. Would you say you had to go through that in order to gain clarity for what you're doing now? Oh, definitely. A hundred percent. I would not be able to do what I'm doing now if I hadn't have gone through that. I would have had way too much sublimated pain. When you have a whole lot of deep trauma, you can't really be intuitive in your life, let alone in anyone else's, because that trauma sort of stacks itself on top of your intuition and cuts you off from it. And so the more you deny that trauma, the more you deny that pain, the more you are denying access to that higher part of yourself. In all of us, it severs. It severs the connection, right? Yes, for sure. Which also impacts our health. Oh God, a hundred percent. The human body is just basically like a computer to store information. So <laughs> like, 
Yeah, and negative experiences and how we perceive them, what we call stress and things like that actually imprint and leave an imprint. So it leaves a code in our little computer. It does, a quite a literal one. That's why if you've ever, and I'm sure you might've gone through this. I don't know, when I started to do yoga, there were times where I would do really deep routines and then all of a sudden out of nowhere, I would just like start bawling because I had literally stretched out a trauma. (laughs) Yeah, that, no, I haven't started crying yet. But um, (laughs) I do when I listen to different interviews and stuff. And what's really interesting that you were saying you had to go through the negative was I was listening to an interview on the way into the office this morning, which was with Cicely Tyson and Oprah. And she was saying, I valued, Cicely Tyson was saying, I really valued my negative experiences more than my positive experiences, because those are what make you grow and touch your soul and move you forward to your purpose, something like that. And I thought, oh yeah, that's right. And then you're saying the same thing that happened for you. Yeah. I mean, trauma is the quickest way to evolve, quite honestly. Mm -hmm. It is going to be the fastest track of elevate whenever people try to manifest or talk about manifesting and all that. To be honest, like working through emotional issues and your trauma is going to be the fastest way to get to where you want to go. It just happens to be a path that is fraught with a lot of self-reflection and feeling feelings. So it's like jumping in to the deep end rather than wading into the cool. Yeah, exactly. It's like, hello, I'm here. Oh God, can I swim? Can I? Maybe. I don't know. I don't know. I guess I'm going to find out. Yeah, but you you jump in, you get totally immersed in the water and then it's not so cold. Yeah. It's okay. But if you wade in, it's like painful. Oh my God, this is so cold. This is so cold. Oh, it's creeping up. Oh, 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 yeah. (laughs) That makes so much sense. All right. So you are now coming out of this spiral effect. You are healed or healing. Now what? Yeah. So I think I was working at this big, big restaurant up in Atlanta at the time. It was a huge facility. We staffed like maybe like on busy nights, there'd be almost up to a hundred people, not a hundred, around 80 people or so in staff. Just yeah, a huge, huge place, like events, special dinners, like just very, very popular and a very popular spot in the city. So always tons of foot traffic as well. Mm-hmm. And the way that the schedule would work is a lot of times I would be on private dining events or special events and I would have to be there at the same time everybody else. So I'd be there two hours early, but with nothing to do because the event wasn't starting until two hours after my shift. And so I would just sit around with my tarot cards and I was really rapidly trying to learn how to read since I picked up astrology before tarot. And so I was just actively practicing tarot to try to get caught up. Interjection. (laughs) Yes. What's a tarot card? Oh yes. Great question. So (laughs) (laughs) tarot, it is a system of cards. There are 78, sometimes 79. And what they basically are, are little pictures that are representative of a certain phase of life or a certain life experience. So it is something that basically spells out the cycles of life that we all go through and you can use them as a prop or a tool of sorts, as a way to intuitively read what's going on in a situation. Okay. All right. Just to clear that up. Yeah. All right. <laughs> and also to just share, it's not like you didn't study. You went to school, you took courses. Yes. Psychology and things like that. Yes, for right? sure. Yeah. And you're always studying. You're always, always reading. You're, it seems to me like you're probably one of those really gifted people that can just dive into big technical books and understand them. I try. I try. I do read academic journals for fun in my free time. I'm that kind of nerd. (laughs) There you go. My reading is standing in line at the supermarket. That's That's fun too. Sometimes your brain needs a break, you know? (laughs) 
All right. So you're at this restaurant, you have all this downtime, you've got these cool cards and go. Yes. So I would just do readings for people because I just really was trial and error, like going through how to learn how to use the cards. And I had been doing readings for quite some time for people at work. So anytime I pulled my cards out, like people were like, okay, Murphy's got her cards out. All right, cool. And people would actually like make lines, like not literal, but they'd be like, okay, well, I got next. I was like, well, you can't have next because two more people have next. And they're like, all right, well, I'm third next. (laughs) (laughs) So I was reading for people. I was getting a lot of good feedback. I was really refining my craft a lot. And I was just doing it for free at the time since I felt like I still wasn't good enough in order to do it for any other reason than just for fun. And then I did a reading for one of the bartenders at the facility. And didn't know very well. Who I didn't know at all very well. Like in the way that you know, like a work buddy or just like a bartender, like in passing of a place you go to like once a month, you know, like that's about how you don't like hang out together. Yeah, no, not at all. (laughs) Didn't even know his last name. Still don't even know his last name now that I'm thinking about it. (laughs) Okay. But yeah, so he asked for a reading. And so I sat down with him during some of the downtime that I had one shift. So explain that. So you're about to sit down. Do you use all 78 or nine cards or how does that work? Yeah. So there's a bunch of different ways to do it in terms of readers and styles. There's just limitless amount of ways in which a reader will do readings. The way that I do mine is that I sit down, I shuffle through the cards really well. And then I ask the person in front of me if they have anything specific that they want any sort of advice, guidance, or direction direction on. And sometimes they do. And then I'll go, okay. And then I'll start shuffling cards then. And then I just keep shuffling cards until they start to fall out. And then as the cards start to fall out on their own, then I sort of just intuitively arrange them in a pattern that I'm seeing unfold before me. I don't use any sort of like specific structure every single time. It really is just whatever I'm feeling in the moment. And I lay them down and I basically just tell the story that comes out from it. Would you say you kind of channel that energy for how you're placing these cards for the story that's about to? Yeah, for sure. I think it's very, it's almost kind of, not almost kind of, it's definitely like being in that flow state. So whenever we're in that flow state and we just feel like everything is on point and we're just knocking it out and it almost feels like we're on autopilot, but Mm -hmm. on a high at the same time, (laughs) not like a driving autopilot where you forget where you are, but where you're just so in the moment where it doesn't even feel like you're having to think about what you're doing. It's definitely a hundred percent like that. And so it just sort of, I just do according to whatever feels right. And it just sort of flows out of me in the moment. Some people say that's living in your highest self. Yes, for sure. Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> okay. So here you are. Bartender sits down and you got your card. Yes. All right. Take us through that. Yeah. So I was laying out the situation for him, which was totally unexpected. I didn't know him from Adam. And it was a very like emotional and intense situation that he was going through, like right from the get go. Did he ask and you for help about an intense situation? He, he was one of those. So here's the thing with men. It's so funny. Like men, most of the time will just be like, I don't know, like whatever. And you're just whatever. Like, yeah. It's just like, I, I have no problems. Yeah, whatever. Like, I just want to see what happens. I just want to see what comes out. I just want to see what you got to say. And I was like, okay, all right. Testing you. Yeah. I mean, little do they know that that is, I'm not the one to do that with. My energy is so like ruthless. (laughs) That's good to know, right? My energy is like, is there a problem? I'm going to find it immediately. And we will start talking about it. Okay. (laughs) And so, you know, I was thinking, okay, you know, 
I was very biased at the time. I had a lot of healing that I was doing at the time around men. So in my mind, I just always assumed that like men wanted to know about like work or career. And I was so wrong in doing all of my readings for men. A good 80% of them want to know about their love lives, like just as much as women. Huh. Good to uh, know this. I know it's, it was very <laughs> shocking to me. At the time. Maybe they do care. I don't know. Yeah what (laughs) and so you know he hadn't said anything specific he was just like you know just whatever comes out and so what came out was a very intense emotional situation something very personal and something very intimate that he was going through and so I just started like laying it out like point by point by point by point I just kind of forgot like who it was in front of me that it was a guy that it was somebody that I worked with and I just kind of like let it flow and we went through it all like point by point by point probably in about 15 20 minutes And he was pretty quiet. Most people are pretty responsive throughout a reading, but he was one of the rare ones that was just like very stoic, very quiet, like didn't really give a whole lot of feedback, didn't really have any sort of emotion on his face, et cetera, et cetera. And so then as I'm wrapping up- Does that change your reading if you're not getting any feedback from the person? Does that change how you feel? No, not at all. I think it did when I was first starting out, it definitely did. But now I get so into the flow that I honestly forget that there's a person in front of me most of the time. (laughs) Wow. It's just really all about whatever is coming out because my energy is connecting so strictly with their energy that it's not even necessarily about what they're thinking or what they're saying or what's on their face. I don't think I'm even looking at what's on their face most of the time. I'm just really like, you're honed in. You're like, yeah, Yeah, I'm focused on what's happening. Exactly. I'm really like going through and using the cards almost like as a conduit to feel what they're feeling. Wow. So do you actually, so were you feeling his energy during that? Maybe you should tell us the scenario. Yeah. If you don't mind. Without yeah, me, of course. Of course. <laughs> so it actually happens a lot in one of my readings. It's part of being an intuitive reader. And it's a part of, I have a personality that is extremely empathic. I connect to people very easily. And so when I do my readings, a lot of times I will physically feel like whatever the person is going through. It was very odd and strange at first, but I've become very used to it now, now that I know what it is. But It'll be quite literally like, you know, somebody is going through torrential heartbreak, like the kind of heartbreak where it just feels like someone is like ripping your heart out through your stomach. And Do you feel that? And I feel that. Like I'll literally Whoa. feel that feeling. I'm like my life, my love life, my family life, like outside of the readings, perfect is great. So it has nothing to do with what's going on with me, but I'll feel it. Or if they're extremely anxious, like I'll start to feel like anxiety in my body. Another really common one is people often will have trouble articulating what they want to say. And so very often, I'll get like a catch in my throat, like a lump in my throat when somebody is suppressing their voice or suppressing their opinion or their feelings about something when they're keeping it locked. It feels like my throat chakra gets like very agitated and blocked as well. So wow. Yeah. (laughs) That is amazing. Okay. So you're sitting with him and you're telling him what? Are you telling him bad stuff? Good stuff? What are you telling him? Oh, it was talking about something that was very difficult for him, but it was about how to guide himself through it and extrapolating the meaning and the purpose behind it and sort of refocusing away from the emotionalism of the situation and to the depth of what it really meant and what he could do with it now that he had this experience, like what he can do with it going forward. And so the reading was very much about re centering the focus away from pain and towards purpose. Okay. 
So is this the same one you were telling me about where you told him you better stop what you're doing? Oh yeah. Yeah. That was the turning moment. I think where I that like, was the turning moment. this is the same person. Yes. Okay. Same person. So after the reading, he had been stoic the whole reading. And then afterwards, like as I wrapped up, I just kind of was quiet for a second. I was like, okay, I really like don't have anything left. <laughs> like that's what I was thinking. I didn't say anything out loud. I just kind of was like sitting there while he was quiet and he was like shaking his head, like still shaking his head after I was done talking. Like he was just processing. He was processing. Yeah. yeah. And then all of a sudden, happened. yeah, all of a sudden he looks at me and he goes, wow you should charge for this. Can I give you some money? And I was like, no, you don't have to give me money. He's like, no, I'm, I'm going to give you money. I was like, I don't want your money. I didn't ask you for money. He's like, no, you should charge people for this. I'm yes. going to give you money. And he gave me money. He gave me a 20. <laughs> and then it like, it was like a light bulb in my head. I was like, oh, I could really charge for this. Like I can do this. Like I could do this. I am doing this. I'm doing this. And someone gave me money for it. What a novel idea. <laughs> well, obviously he was put there not only to validate your talent, your gifts, but then to show you that you had the value to, you know, receive, yeah, yeah. you got to have that receiving, giving thing to make yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. It definitely was a moment in which he validated the fact that something that I had an immense interest in was actually something that was helpful towards others and not only helpful, but useful and could be pivotal. And valuable. Pivotal. <laughs> and valuable. So you were telling me, and I'm just going to go one step deeper. You were telling me that you said to him, at one point, you just said, I don't know what you're doing, but you need to stop doing what you're doing. Oh, this was, no, that was another one of oh. the guy that I worked with. I worked with so many people. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, tell, no, tell this one too. Yeah. So there was that another is one. just, that blows my mind. That's yeah. There was another person that I worked with and he was involved with, I suppose, like some sort of like shady activity of some sort. I don't know. I never even asked him about it. I did the reading for him and he was like a happy, like affable, like seemingly like just normal, like straightforward, charismatic dude. And he asked for a reading and it just went like really dark, really fast. And what did that feel like to you? When some, Can you remember if it goes dark fast? What's that feeling inside of you? I don't really get afraid of dark stuff. So... <laughs> But you know, think, it's a feeling though, right? Is it to be honest, it reminds me of a lot of friends that I used to have that were into very like heavy, dark things like criminals. I've definitely had criminal friends. So I think it was oh, that. Yeah. It reminded me of that. I was like, oh, this feeling. It's like a sense of familiarity almost. Oh, okay. I guess because I have had close connections with people that have done some very dangerous or harmful things, whether to themselves or others. And so when I say dark, it goes like in that direction very quick. It's almost like an intellectual connection rather than an emotional feeling. And it just came out like very off top, first couple of cards out of the reading. And what I said to him was like, I don't know what you're doing, but if you're involved in anything illegal right now, you need to stop because you will get caught for it. You will experience heavy ramifications for it and there'll be no going back. Right now you're at a turning point where you can turn back, where it won't affect you if you decide to roll back and change what you put your energy into. But this is that moment. And if you let this moment pass and you don't do anything about it, you will have to come to terms with what you've done. And you said that in the cards. Yes. Wow. Okay. He like looked at me with like these huge shocked, like wide eyes. And he was just like, oh my God, holy shit. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, he came to me a couple of weeks later and he was like, I completely stopped doing everything that I was doing. I was like, cool. I don't, I don't know what you were doing, but that's good. And he's like, no, you don't understand. Like my buddies got popped. Like they're all in jail, like being held without bail. And because Whoa. I stopped a couple of weeks ago, like, you don't understand. Like, thank you so much. And I was like, oh, you're welcome. I'm glad you're here and not in jail. <laughs> wow. That is intense. 
That is yeah. really neat. Okay. So now what are you doing? How do you help people now? What do people do? You said you were talking about, can you explain a little bit about the astronomy part of it? The 144 combinations. I know we can go on forever and ever and ever. Oh yeah. But that was in the a little, Linda a little synopsis. Yeah. So basically what I do now is I will read charts for people. So if they're going through a transition, then I wait back up. What's a chart? A chart. So like we were talking about earlier where you have like a placement for everything. So you have like a moon sign along with like your normal zodiac sign, which is called your sun sign. And you also have what's called a rising sign that's based on what was literally on the horizon at your time of birth and where you were. And so I pull charts according to that and what is currently going on because, you know, the planets are currently moving as well. So I will pull charts and I will help advise people what they're going through. Like this especially particularly difficult times, like your late thirties or like for your podcast, like your forties through your fifties. The decade of the forties is a very intense one of transformation for sure. So it's a very popular one. <laughs> for both men and women? Oh yes. Oh yes. Okay. All right. You go through a series of what's called transits that everybody goes through from the ages of, it starts around like 38, 39, and then it continues until you're about 45. And the way that they line up is I, I could use all the astrological jargon, but to break it down simply is around 38, 39, you start to go through just like shock after shock after shock of like things changing rapidly in your life and feeling like you don't really have any control over them. Hmm. And then once you hit your early 40s, you start to go through what feels like a spiritual either awakening or a reckoning, <laughs> depending on how much spirituality has been tied in your life up to that point. And then that just tends to like rock people's world. This is the time in which like midlife crises like happen the most because people feel like they're not who they thought they would be when they were 18, 19, 20 and idealists. And then that all caps off around like 44 through 46 where people go through another transit that really is like a reckoning of all of, not all, but a good majority of parental trauma, childhood trauma, any emotional baggage that you've acquired in your life up to that point through relationships that were very intense or heavy or felt very karmic or almost kind of like a soulmate kind of relationship, but ended terribly. Anything that has to do with that toxic baggage that you've been carrying your whole life up until that point. If you haven't dealt with it, it really just compounds and compresses on you at that point in time. And all of this is because if you use the transits to the strength of their ability, instead of just feeling completely awash and powerless, then what happens is it is- So you mean use the trauma. Exactly. You Transit use... is the trauma? Yes. Okay. Okay. Sorry. Um, no, you're good. And you use it in order to transform yourself. Because ultimately what all of these transits are doing is they feel for a lot of people like they're losing control. But the reality is the energy is saying, you never had control. I just let you think that you did. And now I'm actually trying to give you what you want, but you have to give up something. And what you have to give up is your ego and the sense of control. What? <laughs> <laughs> Wow. Okay. Very interesting. <laughs> I have to say it because it is. It's yeah. Mind so that's what I do. I help people with that. <laughs> you help people with that. Well, so I had you come over to my house mm -hmm. and do a reading. Sorry again about the puppy jumping on you the whole time. Oh no, I loved um, it. And it was really interesting. There's that word again about, I was asking you, I said, I don't really know. 
think everything's good. And then the cards you pulled and the charting and being adopted that I am, my birth mother who I have found, and I'll do a show about that, she can't really remember what time I was born. So she went to the hospital when it was still dark out and then woke up and it was light and rainy and gross out. So somewhere in the early morning hours, and you were able to pull some cards and give me some really great information. It was all really good stuff. So because it was right on track for how I'm handling things and just grasping everything coming my way. Sure, I'll do this. Sure, I'll sign up with you. Sure, I'll do this. And I'm just like, and my husband's sort of standing in the background going, hello, hello, we're still here. Still got a farm and all that. I'm like, yeah, I'm feeding the animals, but I'm also going and doing this and this and this and this and this. And then you were saying, yes, keep doing what you're doing because it's going to bring you to where you're going to want to be. And you were saying the cards already have this determined for you, which I thought was really interesting. I said, what do you mean by that? And then you said, you've dealt with people specifically who have had serious financial overwhelm. And you told me this one story about a person who said, you don't understand. I may not be able to wake up tomorrow in the same place because the bills and the finances are so bad. And you were saying to them, do you remember what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's already on the way. Like it's already taken care of. And then they contacted me if you- said, Well, you said, stop worrying about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Focus your energy to wherever else you told them to send their energy. And what happened? Yeah, they got a check like a few weeks later. I think it wasn't even a few weeks later. I think it was like a week and a half. (laughs) From a relative. It was a relative. Yeah, it was an inheritance that they hadn't known about. So weird, like a movie sort of like situation. Just the ex machina in the form of check. (laughs) Yeah. Really cool. Really cool. So Murphy, I was asking you also about if you're feeling this stuff, you're channeling your intuition, all of this work goes into these readings and it's emotional for you. It's physical for you. It's all these things. How do you end up not holding on to it. Yeah, it sounds almost kind of weird and maybe even terrible, but I almost quite literally forget about it once it's done. (laughs) Well, I think that's, it's a survival mechanism for you. It's the only way you can. Yeah. Well, I just immediately detach from the energy. So I get very close and very attached to a person while I'm doing a reading for them. Like I get like just fully immersed in their energy and their thought process and their feelings. And then as soon as it's over, it's like, it's just gone. Like I detach, like I start thinking about like what I need to do and start reconnecting back to my own energy. And it's just like a boundary that I had to develop over time. When I was like practicing and learning how to read at that restaurant, I would do like 10 readings back to back in like two hours. And I would go home at the end of the day. I would feel so anxious and exhausted. And yet I couldn't sleep no matter how exhausted I was because my mind just like felt a buzz with all of this anxiety. And I was talking to another one of my friends who also is interested in this stuff. And she was like, okay, well, what are you doing afterwards after you do the reading? And I'm like, oh, what do you mean? I'm thinking about it. She's like, okay, but why? Like, cause you're holding all of their energy along right. with your energy. And so that's why you're so exhausted. I was yeah, like, I need oh, to release that. Duh. <laughs> And so now it's just quite literally, it's very much, it's almost like an on-off switch that I've got it to where when I'm doing the reading, it's on and it's channeling and it's very open and it's wanting to connect and to really be with somebody in a moment of time that they're experiencing and be with them with it. And then as soon as it's over, it's like just gone, almost completely gone from my memory. It's why I almost like struggle to remember certain things about reading. I know, I felt, I know that. And that's why I was like, ooh, should I be asking her this? She may not remember. No, you 
totally fine. Like it'll jog my memory like a little bit when someone brings it up, but it actually happens a lot. Like somebody sits with me and then they like see me in the grocery store and like run up and they're like, okay, well, you know, like I, I know you told me to do this thing and the other. And I was like, did I? Oh, <laughs> how's that working out for you? <laughs> yeah. I'm glad or, or no, I'm not glad. Oh, sorry. I don't remember. <laughs> it's not personal. It's just survival. <laughs> Oh, wow. All right. So if you had to say, can you give me a one or two sentence thing about what you do and the essence value of it? Like if you had to describe it in one, what would that be? I utilize my gifts to help people connect to their highest self and truest self and to make present the parts of them they want to be at their core. Oh, drop the mic. <laughs> that was gorgeous. And I, I truly do believe you do find you. <laughs> yes. Uh, so they can find me. Um, I do have a website. It's murphytalks.com. Uh, and then you can also find me on Instagram under Murphy Talks. Uh, you can find my podcast show, Conscious and Chill, on Instagram, as well as on all major podcast platforms. We're on Apple, we're on Spotify, we're on Google Play, all the hits. Um, so we yes. are there. Yes. And one more question. Mm-hmm. If people, and there's so many people all over the world that listen to this podcast, which is amazing. And one of the things that you said, (laughs) um, how can, can anybody work with you? How does that work if they're not sitting in front of you? Yes. So I do only do, um, certain readings at the moment. I only do in person, uh, the integrated readings, like what I did for you, uh, just because it's something that is very difficult logistically for me, um, because it takes more energy and it takes more of my own time to focus. And so it's just easier for me to do that in person. But I do offer readings that are recorded and just emailed and sent to people. That's, uh, you can find that on the website. Um, you There's free content that I do on my Instagram. I'm also on TikTok too. I forgot to mention that. That's for the youngins. Not all the youngins. There, there are more than just youngins on TikTok. But <laughs> I know most people are like, that's my, that's like my kids thing. And I was like, okay. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I do offer things on there as well. Just little tidbits of, as we move through different astrological seasons. Uh, I'll do pop-up readings every now and again for free based on your sign, things like that. So I always try to do as much as I can, as much as time allows for me to help people in as much of a free capacity as possible. So can you do a tarot reading without somebody being in front of you or no? Oh yeah, for sure. I actually just did a recorded reading this morning before we got on a call. Oh, okay. That's what you're saying. A recorded reading. So, um, so people can take advantage of that. Yeah. It's, uh, it's super easy. You just, uh, send me the information. People just send me the information if they have any questions or not like a normal reading as if they were sitting in front of me. Uh, and then depending on which one they buy, I just sit down uh, record, go into the cards, go into whatever the issue or question or non-question is, uh, get it all patched up. And then I send it off to their email. Awesome. So Murphy, thank you so much for your time today. Oh, thank you. (laughs) I love learning and finding out about all these things and getting to know all these amazing people who have, have funneled and (laughs) 
found and channeled and figured it out and are there to help us, to help everyone else figure it out. Yeah. I mean, that's what planet out there for us to find. And I mean, personally, that's what I love about your podcast. If I can just like fangirl and say that for a second, because you do such a, yeah, you do such a good job with that. You, um, it's because one of my favorite things about my line of work is that one person doesn't have all of the answers. And Mm. so having somebody that can be a resource that can collect resources for you. You know, my mom's a librarian. She loves talking about how we collect resources. <laughs> uh, when you have you that, Murphy, because yesterday, last night, uh, Vicki from Hugbox, who was on last week, she's like, I just want you to put together a resource page for everyone that you've had on so far, because there's things that I want to look into again. And um, I'm too lazy to go back into <laughs> Into the show notes, I go, hey, you know what? That's a great idea. And you just said it again, the word resource. Yes, ma'am. Which makes me think I actually have to sit down and do that. <laughs> you can, you can, you will, you are. I will, I, will, I shall. <laughs> so um, anything else you want to say, Murph? No, just thank you for having me. Thank you for uh, letting me talk to people through your podcast. It's always such a wonder to connect with people. And it's been so great to be here. Oh, and I appreciate your time so much. And side note, and I may do a live recording. I don't know yet. We'll talk about it at my daughter's bridal shower. Oh, okay. Because um, we're having Murphy come and talk to these very, very down to earth, grounded young women and women of my age. We're all going to be there and who are familiar with podcasts and familiar with trying to find the highest self and how we serve others while we're here. And I think that might be really interesting. Yeah. So excited. I'm People excited. may not want to do that uh, live and in person, but <laughs> I'm going to try. We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> we'll see. Until next time, everyone. Thanks so much for joining us today on Second Wind Podcast and breathe in your second wind. Thank you for listening today. I hope that something you heard made you smile made you think and made you feel. If these incredible stories empowered you, awakened you, or left you feeling inspired, make sure to share with a friend and write us a review on iTunes so we can continue to change lives through this content. Make sure you tag us while you're listening on our Facebook group, My Second Wind, or hit the link in the show notes to join the conversation. Until next time, go ahead and breathe in your second wind.